All right. We ready for the word today? We d- we've all visited. Welcome to New Life Church. We're visiting times kind of like a family picnic. You graze the leftovers, see if there's any donuts left, and speak to everybody. <laughs> Well, listen, I'm going to turn this over to my dad today. Um, He's preaching today. My dad, Max, for those of y'all who don't know, I shouldn't just say my dad. Max Garner is going to come and bring the word today. Pastor Jeremy and Haley are out of town on vacation. But I want to do one thing really quickly. The Lord just reminded me of this. Can you guys join with me in prayer for somebody? Um, Dawn's sister-in-law, Debbie, right, Dawn? Debbie, was in a horrible ATV accident yesterday. And she is, they've taken her to the med, and she is in surgery right now, um, undergoing some surgery for a broken pelvis, pretty pretty severe broken pelvis. And so, listen, we are a family, an extended family. We claim everybody, right? And so uh, their daughter, Lily, is a part of our youth group and and part of Dawn's family. And so can we just stretch our hands (laughs) towards Memphis and just pray right now for Debbie? So, Father, right now we come before you for Debbie. And, Father, I know that there are great surgeons and nurses and doctors that have been, she has been entrusted to their care. But, God, you are the great physician. And so, Lord, I pray that you would supervise every single detail of that surgery, that you would oversee every single step and procedure that is being done, and that you would care for her, your child today. Lord, we speak healing over her body. Lord, we know that this is a difficult injury, and it will be a long recovery, but God, we know that you are faithful, and we pray for healing to just surround her body right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray that you would get the glory for what you are doing in her life, that you would give peace to her family, to her husband and her daughter, and that you would just comfort them as they trust in you. And we thank you, God, for a good report to come from Debbie's healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, listen, let's turn it over for the word today. Hello, church. How many of you love Jesus? If you're having a problem doing that, just let me know. We'll uh, take care of that here in a little bit. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Colossians. Today we're going to begin a series on Colossians. About uh, two and a half months ago, I guess, Pastor Jeremy asked me to uh, kick off the series on the book of Colossians. I, today I'm going to be reading from uh, the Passion Translation uh, we will not have scripture up for you to follow along. Um, if you've been a Christian more than three days, you should be able to keep up. Um, if it's less than three days, we'll get you a copy of the message. Um, I don't have a particular verse out of Colossians that I'm going to major on because we're going to do sort of a, a quick overview today. Uh, we're going to kick this thing off and... Uh, hopefully a a proper way that will challenge you to read the book of Colossians at least once a week for this month. I know you're already been burdened down with reading one proverb a day for 31 days, and that's really pushing the limit for some of us. Uh, You know, uh, Pastor Lindsay said, you know, if you read today's Psalms, it's about bad women. Well, that wasn't completely true. It's about bad women and stupid men. Hello, now can I get some amens out of that? 
All right? Well, actually, it didn't say stupid men. It said dangerous women and stupid young men. Matter of fact, in one translation, it said youth. You know? So, uh, but anyway, we're not preaching about Proverbs today. Um, but if you do have your Bibles, I want to read a few verses at the very beginning of Colossians 1 before I give you the title of my message and cover a little bit of background. Uh, most of you, uh, probably, if you're really into studying the Word, will read sometimes a little more than just the written Word from whatever translation, but you'll look up some notes on it or some history on it. So I want to cover some of that just very briefly and then get into what I know not believe, but what I know God has given me to share with you today. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 1, start with it, we're going to read the first couple of verses. Uh, if you want to know what this is, this is the Passion Translation, I ran the four chapters off in large print, you figure out why? Because I knew I'd have a mic in one hand and have to hold a Bible in the other, and this is a whole lot easier. Colossians chapter 1 says, My name is Paul, and I have been chosen by Jesus Christ. Wow. Just to know you've been chosen. I mean, for him to feel, be so strongly and secure in that, that he wrote this and it became Holy Scripture. Hopefully by the end of this series on Colossians, you'll be able to speak as securely about who you are in Christ as Paul was. My name is Paul and I have been chosen by Jesus Christ to be an his apostle by the calling and destined purpose of God. My colleague Timothy and I send this letter to all the holy believers who have been united to Jesus as beloved followers of the Messiah. May God, our true Father, release upon your lives the riches of His kind favor and heavenly peace through the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Paul, when he wrote the book of Colossians, he happened to be on a cruise on a desert island with palm trees and people waiting on him day and night. Not. He was in prison. He had never been to Colossus. Now, Colossus was a group of, uh, in a group in the Lycus Valley of, of Colossus, I think Herap Herapolopolis, I know I didn't say that right, uh, and uh, Laodicea. Three cities created this group. But Paul had never been to Colossus, but he had heard of them because three about three years earlier while Paul was in Ephesus he was there for quite a while he ministered the word he preached he taught daily in the temple and there was a man that was under his teaching there Epaphras who evidently was the one who left Ephesus three years earlier and had went to the Lycus Valley and he's the one who started most historians believe that he started the church at Coloss. And Paul makes reference to that as we read a little further or as you read a little further. So this was written about 60 AD. Christ had been risen about 60 years. The, the gospel had been preached and was reaching the world through Paul, through the apostles, 
by the Holy Spirit. Things were happening. The devil was mad. Jesus was glad. And the Christians were caught in the middle. You ever been there? You ever had a bad day? But you know God is good? But you were out there in the middle somewhere? You know, Jesus defeated Satan. It's a done deal. But Satan hadn't quite figured that out yet, so he still tries to, to raise a little cane once in a while. As my grandma used to say, I'm going to raise cane, and while I'm raising cane, you go get one because I'm going to use it on you. Okay? So, so the battle's going on. And here in Colossus, we, we look at this. Paul loved Christ. <clears throat> and the book of Colossians is all about Christ. All about Christ. In the New Testament, the book of Colossians, just chapter 1, there's 29 verses, references to Christ. 30, 30 times in the 29 verses. In Ephesians 1, in 23 verses, there's 26 references. Philippians 1, in 30 verses, there's 20 references. Romans 1, chapter 1 through chapter 9, 9 chapters, He's just referenced 11 times. 1 Corinthians in 10 chapters, 13 times. 2 Corinthians in 5 chapters, 5 times. And in Galatians in 1 chapter, the first 4 verses, 4 times. So there was something special happening when Paul penned this letter to Coloss, a place that he had never been, to a people he had never met because there was something about them that released a revelation from God to come through him to them that would end up in our midst today. Colossians is one of my favorite books. Colossians chapter 1 verse 29 is my favorite verse. I have it stamped right there. I wear it around most of the time. I love that verse because it surmises everything that God does in our life, even on bad days, in bad situations, on good days when you think you have it together, but you're fooled probably, He is still in charge. It's all about Christ. And if you read this book all the way through this month, hopefully every week, four chapters every week for the rest of this month, I want you to begin to realize that a lot of the things that are being preached in the Christ world, in the church today, are offshoots of some of the things that Paul said, don't deal with. If it doesn't be lift up Christ, throw it away. It has to be Christ-centered. There is no message. Yes, we deal with, people say, well, if Christ is about everything, how do we deal with family issues? Chapters 3 and 4. You read about husbands and wives, you read about raising kids, you read about going to work, you read about all those things. In every one of those situations, those verses end in, in Christ. Christ is in everything, He is everything, and until He becomes everything, even in the midst of your troubles and trials and your victories, you'll be lacking some very important things in your life. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. Today, I want to entitle my message, 
It's better to dance than to talk about dancing. It's better to dance than to talk about dancing. You say, well, I can't dance. Well, we're going to learn today. It's better to dance than to talk about dancing. If we had to bring and congeal that phrase down to one word, it would be intimacy. Intimacy. Now, we know that when you met Christ and you received him, the Bible says if you confess Christ, that he is Lord, you believe in your heart that Christ raised, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But how many of you know once you are saved and you are in Christ, then there is a process called life where you being in Christ, the Christ then becomes more in you. It's like to dance is better than talking about dancing. If you go to the prom or you were in high school and you was going to meet a girl at the prom or at the school dance, you talked about it all week, right? Basically, if she was prettier than you, you talked about that dance. Talk, 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 talk. Tell everybody. Today, I guess you text everybody and send a picture of everybody and Snapchat everybody and all the other thingamajiggies that hadn't been created yet uh, to, to use your phone for. You tell Everybody in the world would know. And you'd be having so much fun. But I'm old school. You can talk till you're blue in the face. You can tell your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters, and, re and call all your cousins. But there ain't nothing in this world like dancing on that floor, hand in hand, toe to toe, because the dance is better than talking about it. That's what we've got to see when we study the book of Colossians, that Paul is saying to us, It's better to dance than to talk about dancing. There's an intimacy that comes through Paul in the book of Colossians. Many times we read this book, or you can read this book, and we just sort of glaze over it, and we pick out a phrase here or a phrase there. But over the past couple of weeks, couple of months, I have been reading the book of Colossians at least once or twice, sometimes more than that, a week, just over and over and over. Why? Because I found out I like to dance with the Lord. It's better than just talking it up. It's better than religious talk. It's so easy. It's so easy for us to have religious talk in church. It's so easy for a brother or a sister to walk up to you and say, how are you doing? And you say, man, I'm doing great. I'm in Christ. You lying thing, you. <laughs> you say, you just call me a liar? Well, if you lied, you lied. 
Yeah, you're in Christ. That's our confession. Sometimes we get so excited about a positive confession, we forget that there's a real relationship available. That real relationship that's available goes further than those on Sunday morning, goes further than saying hi and slapping high five and shaking hands and hugging necks at church or seeing your brother and sister out in the real marketplace and make sure you look holy enough. No, real Christian conversion, real Christian commitment, real intimacy with Christ is when I run into my brother on the street and he says, how's it going? I say, oh, hell broke loose today. I am so pissed off right now I could just bite my tongue off. And if a religious spirit just rose up in you, I cast that out in Jesus' name. See, Christ in you doesn't mean that you got your act together right now. But Christ in you means that every day, every moment, every hour, every week, every month, every year, I'm becoming more and more and more like him. And there will be a day, and believe me, it's not going to just be when he, quote, comes back. Just won't worry about that message. I don't care about when he comes back because it's going to happen when he wants it. I'm concerned about today. Today where Christ has to be real. Today when you feel like giving life up. Today when you feel like just chucking it to the wind. Today when you feel like telling that smiling Christian who's always grinning, always got that special verse of scripture, you just want to say, that's the day. Be real with me. Now there are some people who do have their act together. I know four or five real, real, real honest Christians that when they quote a verse of scripture to me, they ain't playing. How many of you know a few like that? Miss Diane's one of them. Ain't you? She wanna, every time she speaks the word to me, she ain't playing. You having a bad day, you call her up. She ain't playing. Because she got some Christ a little deeper than I do. She's put me in my place a few times. But it's better to dance than to talk about dancing. So for just a few moments, let's dance. Okay? Dang, this is so good. (laughs) I was going over this this morning about 3 o'clock, just dancing trying to figure out my outline my four points and all that and and I just felt the Holy Spirit say this is not a four step dance that we're going to do today this is the kind of dance that you might not have ever experienced it might even be one that you're afraid to try I know this never happened to the girls in high school or wherever, but every guy was always afraid to get out there that he'd stumble over his own feet. But I want to challenge you and call you this morning just for a few moments to dance and let him him lead. Colossians 1 verse 3, reading from the... Passion Translation. 
Every time we pray for you, our hearts overflow with thanksgiving to Father God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your devoted lives of faith in Christ Jesus and your tender love toward all his holy believers. Your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. Now, picture this. You're dancing with Christ. You're a little afraid at first. But then you begin to get into the rhythm. Life rhythm. Not your life rhythm, but his life rhythm. Not remembering the bill still needs to pay, be paid and the car's leaking oil rhythm. We're talking about Christ life rhythm. And so you're dancing with Christ and he leans forward and pulls you to himself and he whispers, your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures of the inheritance that I've stored up for you. And your heart melts and your concern and worry about how you're going to pay the bills or how you're going to fix the car all of a sudden fades away because I have treasures of inheritance laid up in heaven. Your worries begin to just seep away because you're dancing with Christ. For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel. Now this is a wonderful message that is being spread everywhere, powerfully changing hearts throughout the earth, just like it has changed you. Every believer of this good news bears the fruit of eternal life that they experience the reality of God's grace. The reality of God's grace. Here I am, I'm dancing with him, and he whispers in my ear, and he reminds me the reality of God's grace. Here's Christ speaking in my ear. He says, I want you to remember the reality of God's grace. And all of a sudden, through my religious mind that I've been raised under ever since I was a kid, being a PK, sometimes it's good, most of the time it's not good, except for Lindsay. She, uh, she had a wonderful PK life. Oh, and I did too, if somebody else, because my mom and dad would be listening to this message. He whispers in my ear and talks about all these things I have in Christ, that I have experienced the reality of God's grace, and as Christ is whispering in my ear about God's grace, all of a sudden it dawns on me that He is Himself God's grace. I'm dancing with grace. I'm dancing with pure love. I'm dancing with someone who doesn't know how to condemn because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
I'm, I'm dancing with someone who doesn't judge me on my actions, but judges me on my purpose that was planted in me before the foundation of the world. I'm dancing with someone who has forgiven me my sins, past, present, and future. And he's looking forward to every step that we take. He, he's not worried if the music of life gets louder and faster. He's not worried if the music of life gets slower and draggy and boring sometimes. He hangs with us and dances because all he wants is to be intimate with you. That's what the book of Colossians is all about. That's what the book of Colossians is leading us up to. He says, our beloved co-worker, Epaphras, who was from the beginning to thoroughly teach you the astonishing revelation of the gospel. Have you ever thought about that? How astonishing the revelation of the gospel really is? We in America specifically, and most, most of the time, we have put down, not put down is not the right phrase, I apologize. We have su summarized the gospel into a simple confession of faith, believing in Jesus, going to church, paying your tithes, and trying not to cuss into somebody, in front of somebody who knows Jesus. Amen? We, we, have, we have shortchanged what the gospel is all about. The astonishing revelation of the gospel. He serves you faithfully as Christ's representative. He's informed us of the many wonderful ways love is being demonstrated through your lives by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you know, I, I've come to realize that sometimes... My greatest expression of the Holy Spirit being real in me is if I just make it through the day without giving up. I didn't win anybody to Christ. Matter of fact, you know, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but there's been days that, that I've even forgot to tell people about Jesus. Will y'all forgive me? There's been days I've gone and didn't even tell anybody I was a Christian. There's been days I just kept my mouth shut. And I pray that spirit on some of y'all now. It'd probably be better for us sometimes. There's been days, sometimes more than one day in a row. But you know, he still dances with me. You know, when you're, when you're slow dancing, you don't always have to talk. It's just the presence, just the touch, just the spirit of it, you know. Matter of fact, sometimes when you're dancing with the Lord, sometimes I feel like he's spoken to me in my ear and just says, why don't you just shut up for a while, okay? Just Dancing with the music. Come on, Ron, you want to help me? Dancing with no. <laughs> See, this is not a uh, this is not a flash dance, and uh, this is not a dirty dance, and 
This is not a, I, I asked Kaylee if she could find, a, when she put the picture up, the name of there, it's better to dance than to talk about dancing, if she could find a really cool picture of Patrick Swayze to put up there, him dancing, but I figured, nah, that might not fit in quite. Then she was going to try to find a picture of Pastor Jeremy dancing, and we figured we didn't want to get excommunicated from the church, so uh, no pics today, unless for those that y'all put on Facebook later to make fun of what I just said. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. He's talking about you. And, and, you're, and later on, he's going to deal with this, and I'm pretty sure some of the other ministers as the series goes on may deal a little more in detail. But Paul was dealing with, uh, with the church at Colossus about some issues that were going on, some dangers that were being coming up into their spiritual life and people getting involved in angel worship and all this other stuff and the, the religious people was trying to get them to get more involved in the holidays and, and all this kind of stuff and all the rituals and the, uh, Israel's history and, and all that kind of I want to tell you something. Christ fulfilled all those things. Amen? He fulfilled all of them. He is the fulfillment. <coughs> Christ is in the Old Testament. Everywhere you see, say, well, I, you know, I, I read, I mean, I, I read the stories of Elijah and David and all them, and, and uh, you say Christ is everywhere in the Old How many of you remember when Jesus walked with two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection? And they were walking along there trying to figure out what just happened. That, that trip was seven miles, I believe it was. It was a seven-mile journey. And I figured that up if I did my calculator right. If you walk an average mile of, say, 20 minutes, that's going to be two and a half hours of conversation. Now, I don't know about you, but Jesus had to be, you know, he really had to know his word. Did you get that? <laughs> he had to know his word to share for two and a half hours, and it said he showed them Christ in the Old Testament. Because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. They were, you know, just now beginning to live it out. He's, he's in there. Christ is in there. And when Paul wrote this book, he's dealing with some of the issues in Colossians and they were being challenged by those that wanted to lead them astray to get involved in all these other things. And Paul kept saying, no, no, no. This is all about Christ. And we in the American church, and I say that with some certainty because I've been in the American church for 60 years. Uh, I was raised in church. I, I played race cars on sawdust uh, floors under tents with metal chairs. I've seen guys and run around the outside of the tent with the, the ropes that hold them down with the stakes with their eyes completely shut and ducking every one. I don't know if he was led by the Spirit or if he snuck out there before service and measured how many steps it was between each one to try to impress anyone. I'm not going to judge. All I know is he ran around the outside of that tent and didn't kill himself. I've seen all that. I've seen them slain in the Spirit. I've laid under the pews when I was a young boy and seen 
men and women laid out on the floor on their back and some woman with high heels on, about this high, dancing with her head back, with her eyes shut, dancing all around those people and not killing one of them. That had to be Jesus. You know what I mean? Or it had to be a bunch of people she loved. Because that, wouldn't that be a perfect time to take someone out? You ever thought about, no, I'm sure y'all haven't because y'all just so full of Christ. I apologize for even bringing that up. Uh, you sh- I'm sure you've never thought about that. I've seen all that. And that was a move of God. And that is still a move of God. And God still works that way in a lot of places. And he can move any way he wants, anywhere he wants, anytime he wants. But the message is still the same. It's Christ. We have to live Christ, preach Christ, breathe Christ, express Christ. But the only way we can do that is to dance with Christ. We have to dance with Him. Let's look in chapter 1. A few more minutes. Verses 15 through 20, I just want to read to you. In a lot of things that you'll study, you'll find that many people refer to this passage as the Christ hymn. The Christ hymn. It says, speaking of Christ, He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God, and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it was all created through him and for his purpose. He, he existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. Before I read the last couple of verses in this passage, He says, every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it was all created through him and for his purpose. Can I get an amen? And how many of you know that goes, that's applied to the whole world? How many of you, that applies to the whole earth? So, all you who and everybody who wants to get excited about the American government say God put it in control. This verse of scripture here says that God put all government in control. He's in charge of all of it. So if you're going to pray for one and lift one up, you need to pray for all of them and lift all of them up. Well, that's an evil person. What does the word say? Did not he in the Old Testament use the evil kings for God's glory? Amen? Have you ever had a non-Christian... Someone you know, not not being judgmental, but someone you know don't know Jesus. Someone that if you had a hundred bucks and had to put it on a roulette table, you would say that person is not a Christian and not be afraid to lose it. You ever had a non-Christian bless you? You ever had a non-Christian look you in the eye and without even knowing it give you a word of the Lord? Almost speaking prophetically over you? God uses everybody, folks, and we need to pray for everybody. But when you pray, don't don't spread that prayer too thin. Lay it on thick for everybody. 
God uses everybody. There's been people in my life that I know does not or do not, does not, do not, does not, do not, do not, does not. There's some people in my life don't know Jesus. And they doesn't know him either. And they didn't used to know him. But they will someday by faith. There has been such a blessing in my life. Such a, a, a stalwart and a, a someone to lean on. And all along that they're helping me. They don't know Christ, but I am. And I know they don't know Christ, but I know they're helping me because Christ is allowing them to help me. The whole time while they're helping me, I'm going to receive it humbly and joyfully. But the whole time I'm saying, Lord, let what little bit of Jesus I got rub off on them. Let them become more Jesus-filled than I am. Let them become the one that's fired up. Because I don't know about you, sometimes I get tired of being fired up. Sometimes I'm totally unfired up. Say, well, no, Max, I've known you for 25, 30 years. Uh, You're always happy. You're always fired up. You don't know me. You know me on Sunday. You ain't got the bloomingest idea. The stuff I've gone through and you go through and all that kind of stuff. You want to know me better? Invite me out to eat sometime. Especially on Wednesdays. I'm off work on Wednesdays. I'm going to close <coughs> within four minutes because in my estimation, at least what part that I'm studied and, and want to share with you today before the others finish this series this month. This book of Colossians is, I believe, wrapped up in one all-important scripture, and that's chapter 1, verse 27, speaking about Christ. He says, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. The King James Version simply says, and we've all very familiar with it, is Paul said, this is a mystery that has been hidden from the ages past. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I want to close with these few thoughts. This Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory is not referring to heaven after you die. Okay? We all know that Grandma's dancing on the streets of gold right now, right? I'm not sure how because her body's still on the ground, hadn't been raised. But anyway, Grandma is dancing on the streets of gold. We all know they're all in the presence of the Lord. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews tells us. But when he says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, that is the glory that he is expressing in and through us today, in this world, in real life, in real time, that he wants us to be his expression on the earth. So my prayer for you this week is that as you go, that the Christ in you will begin to show his glory 
through you. And as he does that, people will recognize that you're dancing with the Lord and not just talking about it. It's 12 o'clock. God bless you.